I'm Arya Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Winsider Show, where it's all about the W. Free agency is here. You know everyone has a hot take in theory, and we got tons of thoughts too. So let's dive right in and discuss. Okay, Rachel. Well, let's talk about the elephant in the room. For free agency, for the last five years, it's been rage bomb season. Um, That changed this year. And obviously, there's many things that go into it. And we could probably spend, you know, a long, long time going over all the different reasons, the ins and outs. Um, But yeah, I figure, you know, this is our podcast. You've talked about a little bit on uh, Hitting the Hardwood with Mitchell. Uh, Shout out to that. Check it out if you haven't. For all your Minnesota links, information, some good stuff. Um, but yeah, Rachel, let, let's uh, open it <laughs> honest, as we always say. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Um, I've had, what, a week since I kind of, you know, made my little announcement. Um, I think there was a lot of emotions that went into it. You know, we talked a ton about this. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody, it's no surprise how close we are. And I want everybody to know, first and foremost, that nothing that... Um, We've, we have been able to do the last five years would have been possible without you, Arie. And I, I want everyone to know that you worked so hard, tirelessly behind the scenes. Um, I know I got to be kind of the face of it and put out a lot. And um, everybody kind of recognized me as that person. But, you know, you deserve all the credit in the world for everything you did. And I want, I want to start out by saying that because we've been in the trenches together these last few years. And, it, and it's been an absolute blast. We talk about it all the time. You know, we, we've had fun. We've worked really hard. We've made some really amazing connections. There's so many elements to this that like, I think got me slash us to this point. Um, I think the biggest part is like life has changed a lot, you know, for us both for me, you know, I mean, I'm a business owner, my broadcasting career, you know, I, I, you know, five years ago, I was, I didn't have the demand that I have now, even last year, it was hard to kind of juggle, you know, some of the broadcasting stuff I was doing this time of year. And you know, I feel like I'm at a point with my business that um, it, it's demanding a lot more of my time. Um, my analyst work is demanding. Real quick, more Rachel, my- there was literally a time where you broke news while you were announcing a game. I just want everyone to know that. But I, I think that one was that might have been Jewel Lloyd, actually. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, no, I mean, I I've been on broadcasts and I've literally had to tell my crew like, "Hey, give me a second. And like they they knew what I was doing, and to their credit, you know, it was. They, they, they supported it, but like, I can't, that's not sustainable, you know, like, like, you know, like the news can't just come out. Like we have the news for hours, but the way we operated, you know, we wait to make sure all the ducks are in line, all the T's are crossed, all the I's were dotted before we would put something out. And, um, you know, that was just the way I and we chose to operate of making sure, you know, there, there wasn't going to be a major issue, especially as we got into it, like much later. I, you know, I think, I don't, I think we really tried to not just be popping off with every bit of information we heard. We wanted to make sure that we maintain those relationships and, and didn't burn any bridges. And so like, you know, it might be like, oh, it's time to go now. And, oh, I'm on, you know, a mountaintop flying down the, on a snowboard, or I'm in the middle of a broadcast. I mean, it's just, you just never know when that's going to be. And so I think the, the unexpectedness of it is, is challenging, especially when you've got full-time jobs and businesses. And for your sake, 
kids, you know, I mean, families that are being built. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it is as fun as it is. And as much as I'm struggling right now, you know, to not really be engulfed in it, my time is so consumed in so many other areas. And, you know, I just had to have some tough conversations with myself about like, I love this. This has been so amazing to be a part of. And I feel like my why is is justifiable and, and why I keep pushing myself to do this. But at some point you have to step back and question, you know, your, your priorities and where is your time going? And are you feeding the things that you need to feed that are, you know, are opening up, up are opening opportunities for me? And I'll be completely honest. I, I didn't start that with the hope that opportunities would come, but as we got through it, I felt like, man, maybe, maybe this can be a, maybe this can open some doors. I don't know. Um, and then it became pretty apparent. I would say the last year, year and a half, whatever it is that those doors aren't opening. Um, and that's okay. You know, um, at least to me, maybe that's, maybe people don't agree with that, but for me, I look at it from that standpoint. Um, so then my why was to continue the growth of Winsider, to continue the growth of the women's game, to continue the, the hype and everything that we, you know, have been able to generate the momentum this time of year in free agency. I'm really, really proud of that. But at some point, like you got to pay your bills, <laughs> you know, and that's ultimately how many times I say that to you, you know, I, I just can't keep operating on this frequency right now. It, it, it's just, you're being pulled in too many directions. And so overall, like I could dissect the little layers of it and the things that, you know, really pissed me off and the people who pissed me off and having, you know, my work stolen from me repeatedly, you know, it, it, that, that stuff, like we knew it was going to happen. It was a part of being in the game. It's a part of what it is. Um, ultimately it's just a battle that I don't really care. Like I don't even really care to fight anymore. I don't. Um, I think I'm, I'm, we both can look in the mirror and, feel really proud of what we were able to do. Um, if I could find, you know, a way to support myself and, and, you know, sustain that in a way, then I'm sure I would continue to do it. But I will say it has been very nice to be a little more present these last few weeks and not, you know, knocking on everybody's doors and, um, you know, having sleepless nights and, you know, working tirelessly on top of everything I'm currently trying to do just in my normal daily routine. So it has been kind of nice to just kind of take a little step back but I will say it feels a little quiet. Feels a little quiet. I gotta say, uh, listening to Mitchell's podcast with you. Um, well, first of all, I have to say that I think our record, our track record speaks for itself in terms of, you know, times we got things wrong, times we made mistakes, how we handled the wording of how we put things out, how we stood by what we did. I think that speaks for itself. So I don't think, you know, I need to say much more. But something that you said in Mitchell's podcast had me cracking up because it resonated so well for me. And obviously we've talked about this not on the podcast before, but you said something about like, I'm happy or I'm so looking forward to showering and <laughs> being like anxious. And my wife and my friends have given me such a hard time for this. But during this period of time, during this, you know, time during the season, so much of it is like, yeah. oh, I, you know, like, I don't want to shower because you're going to miss something. You're going to miss yeah. a text from somebody. And like you were saying, whether you're on a ski slope, whether you're calling an Air Force game, whether or not I'm shooting an event for, you know, a government contractor in downtown DC or whatever the hell it is. Obviously, my things aren't as cool as yours, but like, it doesn't matter because when the news needs to go, the news needs to go. And we held off on things because, you know, like you said, getting ducks in a row. Um, but the last thing I'll say is 
And I won't even like make you talk to this because I'll give you plausible deniability. I'll just say it as like the wartime consigliere or whatever you want to say. But like people, a lot of people on social media are out there have been hitting me up, blowing up my phone, asking, okay, like I saw Rachel's comments about people, you know, working against growing this and the pushback that we face doing this. And some people think you're just saying that or whatnot. And I'll just cut that off and say, you know, I can confidently say, if not at every level, almost every level, anything you're thinking of, there's been somebody at that level who has given us pushback. Whether that's, you know, agents, teams, the league, whatever it is, different people in different positions. I'm not going to sit here and say everyone. Some of those people now we have grown and gotten better relationships and they understand better. Some people don't, and that's fine. We're never going to see eye to eye with everyone. But people need to understand that, yes, it, it wasn't just like, oh, they didn't want to break news with us. That's totally fine. And like, it's not, there's a difference between like, okay, people didn't want to speak with us or give us information to break news. And then people actively trying to stop us from doing it and bringing more attention uh, and growing the game. So that was the thing that was interesting. I mean, after, I mean, last year, I wasn't sure it would go as well as it did. Um, I feel like we, we were pretty on it last year. Um, and I, and I was concerned. I felt like, man, this, this in theory should be getting easier as we're building relationships and you're building trust and people are seeing the pros of this. And then you're seeing, you know, the pros of like the type of momentum this can bring. I thought, man, this, this can actually get easier. Um, it wasn't the case. It felt like an uphill battle a lot of times. And a lot of the sources or, you know, people, first off, there's a ton of turnover. That that's something people need to realize. Like the turnover surrounding the league, even even just coaching coaching staffs, staffs, league office, agencies, changes within agents, um, PR. I mean, good God, there's a ton of turnover when it comes to PR in the league. And those, so you, everything we do is about relationships. That's the only reason I even found myself in this place was just because of my roots in women's basketball and my connections in women's basketball. And so you know, as you have a lot of turnover and you have a lot of change, that's difficult to keep up with because you're trying to cultivate relationships and getting them to trust you. And so that's part of it. But then I do think even some of the lasting relationships or people that you continue to work with, um, you know, I, I think that I can't blame people who want to control the narrative. I can't blame people who want to control their, the news. I can't blame people who don't understand what we were trying to do fully. I can't blame that. I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, you could question, we, we could be used, you know, agents have been known to use the media to, to, to their advantage or try and spin a narrative and get something out there. That was something we had to be very cautious of and very aware of at times in terms of not, not teams not, too, not just agents, teams too. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to stay away from being a, a mouthpiece, but more of just matter of fact, we tried, we strategically tried to stay factual not necessarily opinion based or narrative based at least in my opinion i think we did but i tried to be very very um intent on just matter of fact this is what is likely to happen this is what is expected to happen and try we really tried to stay away from everything else cuz i didn't want to be used 
in a certain way to be have a narrative pushed. And I can guarantee people who were trying. For sure, for sure. Um, you know, and so it's just... It's just, it was just, it's a lot. And it, it gives you a whole new level of respect for the, the, the guys who do it at the highest levels, the shams, the woges, you know, even you know, the Ramona Shelburne's of the world. And I can't, and I, I, I thank good for them for making millions and making a career out of this. Good for you. That's amazing. I wish our game was in that, in that spot. We're nowhere near close to it. So I get to have the opportunity to make the decision that I made. And, um, you know, it is what it is. Like, it just is what it is. And to be honest, and we were talking about this too. I also feel like it was a good time because the, the, the landscape of even Twitter, AKA X isn't what it used to be. Twitter formerly known as X. The the reach that you have and even the engagement on there and just the way that platform has changed. I think in my mind, at least just feels, it just feels completely different. I'm spending less and less time on there every day. Um, I don't feel like a lot of us who, unless you buy that blue check mark, have anywhere near the reach you used to have. And so it's kind of just like, it's disappointing. I wish it, I wish we could go back to Twitter of, you know, three years ago. Um, but it, well, it's, and you and I were talking about this. It's going to be interesting because, you know, look, for people in the WNBA world, we always say we kind of live in our bubble and we're aware of how small the bubble is and whatnot. But on, on Twitter, on X, whatever the heck you want to call it, it almost, <laughs> it felt like, you know, like we were in that bubble with other people yeah. and we could feel that growth and the bubble getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm, I'm personally very curious. I know how the changes on, you know, not just Twitter, but on a variety of other social medias have impacted, you know, Winsider's reach for the articles, uh, for the podcast, for a variety of things. And so for me, I'm very curious how the changes to social media are going to impact the W's growth. Because I, at least personally, from my perspective, saw the W's growth, you know, going hand in hand. We saw them do early partnerships with Twitter and with Facebook to do streamings for games and things like that. Um, And, you know, doing Twitter spaces before some other people were. And so I'm very curious to see how that's going to impact kind of the growth of the league in general. Yeah, I think I think I mean, personally, I'm not on there as much. haven't been. And I would say the last six months or so now I, I really try to filter down what I'm seeing and I can't even see the people that I want to see mm-hmm. saying the stuff that they say. Like, so I don't even feel like I get my knowledge from there as much anymore. So that, that's, that, that is a big part of it. I mean, it wasn't the deciding factor for me. I think everybody knows the deciding factor ultimately is I just, I can't clone myself and do all the things that I have to do. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the emotional side of it and, you know, moments that were very critical for me of just being like, why am I doing this? This is, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think we talked about the free agency. I mean, this wasn't like the first year that you considered being like, look, this is detrimental to my well-being. Yeah. And like, this isn't something that, you know, free agency players can start talking on X day. So on that day, Rachel, you know, whips out we whip out our old flip phone you know blow (laughs) off the dust and start the old you know rotary and start calling people no it's you know months before that communicating with people throughout the whole off season um understanding what teams are looking for understanding what players are looking for well that was part of something that we were able to do really well together was just looking at teams and analyzing okay like we almost got to a point where you could start to predict moves. You could start to put mm-hmm. 
this together. And I think there's a lot of other people who are, have been following this, this type of, to this magnitude where you can really start to piece together the puzzle. And when dominoes start falling, you start to understand the bigger picture. That's more than anything, Mm -hmm. the understanding that I have of front office space and the, 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 the way free agency works and like the, the ins and outs of it are, we could, there's, I mean, that, that, that is a whole other element that like, I'm trying to dumb it down and just keep it simple for the sake of the show. But the knowledge that we gained and tried to take that knowledge year in and year out and apply that to our forward thinking. I mean, it made, it made me so much smarter. I've learned so much by doing this. And that was a phenomenal byproduct of, you know, what we were doing was just being able to like, ask these questions and get into the minds and figure out why is this happening? And like, I mean, I'm now that I'm saying it out loud, I have a huge amount of gratitude just for the knowledge we gained the last five years in doing this. Cause it made us a lot more effective. That makes us so much better in everything else that we do. In my it's opinion. 3d chess. Okay. Enough about that. We could talk about that for hours. If, <laughs> if people want us to do more about that, we can, um, but free agency. All right. What do we know so far? Right. It's been reported that Alana Smith is going to Minnesota. Uh, there's been reports that Kalani Brown is going back to Dallas. Um, was there, I'm, I feel like there was one other signing. Oh, uh, yep. Lasia going back uh, to LA. And then Elena Deladon has been cored and Jordan Cannon has been cored also, but both of them are expected to be traded from reporting. And then NECA also. Uh, is on the move, according to her own and according to uh, the Sparks Instagram posts and whatnot. Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, I guess, like, when you and I talk about free agency, why don't, we can just, like, do this how we text, right? Like, sure, just when, do we, <laughs> when we talk about free agency, when we're texting, when we're calling each other, it's really like, okay, are there any teams that interest us? Like, can any teams truly change the makeup of the team or move the needle on that team? So often we're not necessarily talking about the Vegases until, you know, the defending champions, the two-time defending champions looking for a three-peat until later on, because it's like, okay, they're not pulling the big players. They're the people who everyone's trying to beat. So then we kind of look at, at least in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong, we look at, you know, the New York, and you've been pretty vocal on social and on Mitchell's podcast about like, run it back. Like, why wouldn't you? right? The continuity is there. The stars are there. Maybe you add one player. Cool, but run it back. And then it's like Dallas, Connecticut. Obviously, you got to talk about Phoenix when they have two superstars, a new coach. And as long as they have Trossi, they're going to be all in. So you know, they're going to do some crazy stuff. Um, and then teams like Chicago is a team that's excited me in Seattle. So I'm, I guess I'm curious for you, like, when you think of free agency this season, what team kind of pops out, whether it's in a good way, bad way, or whatever? I think the one for me, number one, is Phoenix. Just just from the the changes in the organizational structure from top to bottom is exciting to me. Um, I think you're always going to have a level of, when I say handcuffed, I mean it in a, you, everyone knows what I'm talking about. You know, you have, you have Tarazi there, you, you know, she's in 2025, a free agent we'll see what happens after this year, but you know, you've got to be able to put some pieces in there together that can win right away. And I, I like the moves that they've made structurally in the organization now. Okay. I'm not talking about 
NBA coach, this coach, I like the way they're structuring. They're, they're adding assistant GMs and this is going to be ran at a higher level than what we've seen in, in other, in other franchises, in my opinion, you know, this is going to move the needle in terms of just positions and because you've mm-hmm. got NBA people that are coming into Phoenix and they're going to try and, you know, do what they do and they're used to certain things and the investment is going to be there. And so I think that Phoenix is very appealing to me. I think they've got, um, players that they'll move away from. Um, I think that you've got, you know, obviously Brittany Griner's back, assuming, assuming. Um, but I think you've got some opportunity to bring in two players that, you know, can try and make a play and, and be competitive right away along Tarazi and Sophie Cunningham and Griner. And so I like Phoenix. I'm really excited to see what can happen there. Personally, I, again, this is not... <laughs> It is and it isn't. I would. I'm. I'm. I'm intrigued with the possibility of Deladon and Cloud ending up in Phoenix. I think you've got some ties there with Tolliver, uh, and, and you know, just some deep rooted relationships there that makes sense to me. Um, if, if you know, I I could easily see Cloud and Deladon ending up in Phoenix. Obviously, Deladon will need to be a trade situation, um, but um, I, I I'm excited about Phoenix. Um, you know, I'm interested about. Phoenix, Phoenix, wait, let's talk about Phoenix real quick. Phoenix is so interesting because we've seen the same story be played out for the past how many years, right? They're handcuffed, as you said. They need to go all chips in. They but, have to. But you could move away from, you know, the Megan Gustafson, maybe trade a player like Onyanwere and open totally. up space for some, you know, like. You got some draft pick, but that's that's the thing is this team needs to make a decision essentially where it's they're going to lose some of that long term capital to make a play short term, which is totally fine. I think they're kind of hand tied right now with Trossi, Cunningham, Turner, Mojeff, and Onyewere, you know, all protected. So like fine trade, whatever. For me, it's like this team is going to have stars. I do. I I like the Deladon Natasha Cloud edition. I think play wise, it would be kind of crazy and great. Cloud doesn't need to be that like shooter, quote unquote. Can just find other people who can spot up shot. Mojeff can shoot. Cunningham can shoot. Trossi can shoot. So like, it looks like a fun team. Honestly, the question is, can Deladon stay healthy enough? That well, and- you know. Are they kicking themselves year year or two from now for giving up you know a lottery pick asset? Mm-hmm. That because that's what it's going to take. And so if that ends up happening, it's kind of like man, I don't know. I don't know that this would be the year. Now, granted, it's hard to talk about draft when we still don't know who's going to be in the draft. Right. We are following the narrative that twenty four and twenty five are supposed to be phenomenal draft classes, no matter how it plays out. But and those are things that they all have to kind of stress and worry about way of way above my pay grade. But yeah, <laughs> Phoenix, I think we'll move away from some of those players, the Gustafsons, you know, and, and they're going to look different. And so I, I, I'm excited about Phoenix. Um, I, I like, I like the flexibility that Minnesota has on paper. They really finally for the first time. And again, we're going to get on this soapbox that we've talked about for freaking ever, they're finally <laughs> keep Minnesota to an honorable mention, but all right, you want to bring it up. Let's go. I want to bring it up, but like they're finally able to kind of break free from some of those contracts that were handcuffing them. Um, I think that was the exact word that I used on Mitchell's podcast. And so the question is going to be, all right, now you've got the cap space. You've got the move. You've got the flexibility to make the moves. Now, can you attract mm-hmm. top free agents? That's the question. And I'm telling you, I keep telling people, there's going to be two teams that are completely shut out this free agency. I think it's pretty clear 
and I don't, I don't say this, maybe it's clear to me. It feels like LA is one of those teams. It feels like LA is truly finally ripping the bandaid off of a final era with the final piece of NECA on the move. And they're going to now be in their young core development stage of rebuilding. That's what I foresee happening in LA. Um, you know, unless they can find a way to attract someone like a Skylar Diggins Smith, I don't see that happening. Um, you know, and Elena Deladon, I don't, I don't see that happening, but I'm kind of looking at LA and I don't hate it. I don't hate it. When I say shut out, I, I think that's what this franchise needs. They've kind of been like holding on like by the skin of their teeth for like the last couple of years. Well, that whole like Liz Cambage season was essentially Hail Mary. Uh, it was a Hail Mary version comparative to what Phoenix is trying to do. Except Phoenix, because Tarasi supposedly has one or two more years, has a little bit more runway. Whereas LA was literally like everything, and then it's all gonna just blow up right after that. Which, you know, that's what happens when you lose an all-star head coach. And last year you you have some pieces and you're not healthy, and it was just whatever last year was what it was. It was, I, I will continue to make the argument that it was the best case scenario for LA to be in the lottery. Um, you know, so I think we're finally seeing an end of a true era in Los Angeles. And now God willing, they're willing to put the investment in a, into you know, practice facility and things like that. Hopefully down the, down the road, like, like they can now work to build that franchise up. I don't hate it. I like a rebuild in LA, um, a true rebuild, not, a rebuild with NECA and Kurt coming in. I'm talking like from the ground up. <laughs> no, it's a complete rebuild. I will say, because you know, I love to hate like, okay. End of the day. Yes. A rebuild's good. They've been putting it off because they don't want to do a rebuild and they're kind of forced to do the rebuild. Right. Like when you have your cornerstone franchise player, not coming back, granted it might be what's best for her. Maybe, you know, there's a billion reasons that could not, it, maybe it's not their fault. Right. But then you core Jordan Canada. Maybe that was just a stingy move. And I support stingy moves to like get something from a player. Right. Like you guys gave her that opportunity, got her to the value that she is now, at least in market wise. And now you want to get a return. Totally respect that. You're smart for doing that. Yeah. Totally. Point guards guards are at an absolute premium right now and they're Mm going to get overpaid. And like that was a smart. And you're going to get something back for her. So I, I like it. I think they need to find there. They are in a dark room looking for that flashlight. They are looking for the cornerstone, you know, your MVP player. Because Azra Stevens, I'm all on the Stevens hype train. Is not that MVP caliber. Derek Hamby, it can be on a championship team, is an all star player, is an amazing player, but is not that MVP superstar player. So they need to find one of those players. Um, and I agree. And it's a free agency class, in my opinion, like this, I mean, outside of Deladon, Skylar Diggins-Smith, NECA, then it's like, okay, like cloud, like th- this, it's not like this is a heavy loaded free agency class, in my opinion, at least that's what it feels I like. I agree. That's what it feels like to me. But then, you know, back to Minnesota, I feel, cause I'm going to make you talk about it. <laughs> I feel like the question is, can this franchise do what it takes to attract top free agents in this class? And if not, you can't put your, all your eggs in that basket of like, okay, we're going all in with NECA and cloud or, you know, Skylar Diggins Smith. You've got to then do enough. If you, if you strike out on those, are you doing enough to get the next tier of players? And I think that's kind of what we saw with the Alana Smith signing. Um, 
and it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this plays out um, and how they continue to fill out their roster. What other teams? Um, wait, wait, wait. You're like, let me at least say something. I say <laughs> no, like, Minnesota is an intriguing team. And I've, I've been talking to you a lot about it. I've talked to Matt a lot about it. Mitchell and I are constantly texting about it. There's a few undercover links fans that I also text about this stuff. Um, <laughs> in, you know who you are. Uh, no, Minnesota is a really interesting situation. Okay. Right. Because when you look at it, you go, you have Nafisa Collier. You need to do good enough that she wants to stay around. Because I truly think we've seen her elevate her game to MVP yes. caliber. In the same way we're talking about LA is looking for that player, Minnesota has that player and needs to figure out how to build around her. What I saw last year from Dorka, I'm big hype on that. I think the Fee-Dorka 1-2 combo at the 4-5 is great. McBride, cool. All for it. Uh, Diamond, I'm not as sold on. I understand she's going to take some time to grow. I want to see her shooting more. This team, in my opinion, over the past few years, has not been able to attract major free agents. Now, you could easily argue that this year, as you pointed out, there aren't exactly many. That would be a game changer. Would Would bringing Natasha Cloud to Minnesota be a game changer? I do think it would solve one of the issues. But the other issue they have is they don't have real shooting. They don't have bulk scoring and they need to figure out what they're like. Ariel Powers and Rachel Bannum were kind of their bulk scoring, I guess McBride also, but they need something different. Jessica Shepard is a really great player when healthy, but when she's playing year round, she has not been able to stay healthy during the WNBA season. And she's slotted to make 123 this year. I do not expect her back. She's a player that I expect the Lynx to have to move on because doing that frees up a lot more cap space, which maybe they don't necessarily need this offseason. And I know some people have been rumbling about like, oh, Courtney Williams signing could be a cool addition. But like to me, overall, this team continues to add depth in positions that they're already strong at as opposed to really answering the question, which is the point guard position or if they want a true big, right? Like, do you want to play Dorka at the four and get a true big? Yeah. And do you want to play Fee at the three? Or do you want to play it some other different way? I don't know. To me, it's just like, I don't know. Like there, it, I get there isn't a move to be made to catapult them into contention this offseason. Like mm-hmm. there just isn't. They, they need growth from their young players, from Dorka and Diamond, and honestly, Fee a little bit also. And somebody from a draft pick. So, I mean, that's what it boils down to really for Minnesota. And I don't think they're going to get a bigger name than Alana Smith, who is yeah. a great signing. I just don't know how she pairs with the other pieces on this team, personally. Moving on real quick, Indiana Fever, I think we're both in agreement. You know, they're they're continuing that next step of building with this core. I don't know if I see any, like, crazy moves. I think what this team needs is a, ch- a cheap, a cheap <laughs> vet who can come into the, the locker room and and continue to help you know, these youngsters progress and, and, and be versatile enough to contribute to this team in the ways they feel like they need to. Um, who Can is I that just, person? I don't know. I don't know who that person is. That person needs like two accolades and the, that person needs to be a vet who's won before because we've seen, they can bring in all of the players who have never won, who are the right type of vet for leadership and, you know, get the everything right. But if they haven't won, that's what I think the missing piece is. They need to get, whether it's in a trade or whatever, they need to get 
somebody said Alicia Clark is like the ideal player for that team. And I completely agree. A vet who is a leader doesn't need to be the most vocal leader, but needs to have won before so they can show the way to win. Because that's what that team is missing. What about Chicago? Because Chicago, Rachel, I have no idea. Chicago is a team that <laughs> I I no longer think this is going to happen. But if Skyler and NECA join Chicago, that might be the most fun team for this coming season. Well, I think I think you've got a lot of pull there with Clea Copper. And her ability to, you know, try and get people in and like try and persuade people to like sell them on this vision. You got Spoon there. I mean, you know, let's, I'm sleeping on Chicago. I'll admit it. But when you really step back and you think about it, you know, how respected Copper is, you know, the type of firepower that Mabry has. Now you've got a brand new coach who's a legend in the game. I mean, can that be a franchise that's appealing? And I mean, we all know NECA was there visiting, um, taking her time to kind of check things out. Like, I don't know. I don't know where NECA is going to end up going. Could it be Chicago? I would be shocked as all hell. Not because, I mean, y'all, this is my like hometown team. I just, to me personally, it feels like, man, they are just so far behind the eight ball as a franchise. Yeah. But let's not forget, they won a championship, what, three years ago. And they've gotten a lot of money influx and Dwayne Wade and like big name influx. They're investing in a practice facility. They're, they're doing what they can. So, I mean, Chicago, it's interesting, you know, they're, they're, they're free agents, Ruthie, um, you know, now you've Courtney Williams. I, I, I would, I feel like they're going to move on from Ruthie. I do. Um, Courtney Williams. That's another interesting one. Like what happens there? I could see Courtney Williams on the move. I could look, she showed this past season she can play point guard with shooters around her. I think some people have talked about her going to Minnesota. I question I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but I think it would be a little bit more of a Connecticut Courtney Williams because they don't have the shooters. Courtney Williams looked great on Chicago because they have Marina and Cobb. Mm-hmm. And w- when you have shooters like that, they make the passers look good. Yeah. Not to knock. Courtney Williams, love the hype. Um, but I agree with you. I think she's probably a fallback if I'm Chicago. I'm just saying to myself, I want Skyler, even though we've been talking about this for a very long time. Skyler in Connecticut is like my dream come true because then you truly have three full-fledged superstar powerhouse teams. Connecticut, Vegas, New York. You're looking at a three-way sprint race marathon whatever you want to call all season long that's just ridiculous and amazing so i would love that but chicago just has shooters like so for me they're the most exciting team all you need to add is like players around that because they got shooters they got shooters right like i if i wanted to play like who's drawing me to a team jewel lloyd clea copper and marina mabry and like those are players that are drawing me to teams that aren't already on the rise hmm. in my mind, at least. What do you think about Skylar in Connecticut? That's my, that's my favorite move. If that happens, I can't think of any other scenario or, you know, or domino that would fall. That would get me more excited than thinking about Skylar Diggins Smith ending up in Connecticut. I love it. I think it would be a huge shot in the arm, assuming all the other pieces fall, fall into place. Um, personally, selfishly, I, I would love to see that happen. It solves all the answers. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think right now, like 
but then, but then there's the dark horse of Seattle because obviously they're investing in Jewel Lloyd. This we're, we're going to build around you. We're going to add the right pieces around you. But again, they all can't get these players. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, and we've seen time and time again, players wanting to link up, go together, play together. You know, the poll of Jewel Lloyd has my attention. The franchise of Seattle has my attention. The investment and the fan support and everything that that franchise is about has my attention. You know, is Seattle able to make some, I mean, clearly they have to, they have to make some moves and what can they, can they attract NECA? Um, I think to me, I would be shocked if NECA ended up anywhere other than Seattle or Chicago. Now let's not forget, we know that she has been in communication with New York, New York, like, does it have to happen for them to be successful? No. But like, do you switch out NECA for Dolson? I mean, no one says no to that. I mean, like that, that's what's going to have to happen because they can't, that's the only way. Gino would say yes to <laughs> NECA for Dolson. No offense. Like, I feel like though, like personally, I feel like it's like, they're going to explore it. They're going to talk about it. But like, does it really get to that point? Like, is NECA going to be okay coming off the bench? I mean, not that, not to, not, not that that's a guarantee that that that's what it would be, but like, I do like the fit of Dolson in New York. I like the element that she brings to this team. I like, you know, I, I want New York to run it back and, and I would be just, ultimately I would be shocked if it works where NECA does end up going there and they move away from Dolson. I would be shocked. I think personally, again, this is just my opinion, everybody. I don't know anything. <laughs> I just think they need to find shooting because Marine's probably not playing this year. So cool. It to me, like, yeah, run it back if you can swap Dolson out for a different big. Yeah, you know, and that 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 kind of you know helps that that scenario. Uh, But NECA would be the only move, big move that I could potentially see, or potentially moving away from Dolson. But let's not for. I mean, like Seattle. Seattle's just an interesting team because, like, you look at if. For anyone who hasn't, go to her hoop stats, go to 2024, Seattle Storm. They got a lot of money sewn into Jewel, mm-hmm. Mercedes, Ezzy, Kia, and Sammy. So <laughs> it's it's like, what do you... They don't have... I don't know. They don't have a lot of money. I mean, they have enough money to make it work if they wanted to. Um, I'm assuming Gabby won't be here this year. Yeah, she won't. Um, I mean, she's free agent, so like, whatever. Jade... Dulcy, like it's just I don't to know. me, it, it would be they would be an interesting team. I'll say that. Is it gonna be Minnesota or Seattle who strike out? Yeah, it's LA and then it's Minnesota or Seattle, one of the two. And look, the, the other interesting thing though that people aren't talking about yet that I think is gonna be really, really interesting. I tweeted about this. Dallas Wings are going to have to do wow. some very interesting gymnastics. Because keeping Kalani Brown, you, they're going to have to make some moves. If Lou Lopez is playing, um, if, uh, shoot, who's the one, Rachel, who you were super big on last year in the draft, Washington drafter, um, Stephanie, uh, yep. So yeah, see, she's healthy. So like you're, they have already, I mean, this has been the story forever, right? They just have so much draft capital. They have so much youth. They need to make a decision. And given that they're paying Natasha Howard north of 230 and McCowan's making 195 and Kalani is going to be making 
north of 100, I would assume north of 150, maybe in the 120s. But like you're just lose. They don't have a lot of money and space, and you know you want to bring back Satu. Well, so and now what? Odyssey Sims. That's a player who was a mm-hmm. huge asset to them last year. Is a, is a free agent now. I, it has to be getting attention for everything that she was able to accomplish last year and filling out that role of Dallas. Does she go back or does she end up moving on to another place? You know, that might make sense. Maybe a Chicago. Um, what, whatever that looks like. I don't know. But I mean, there's, yeah, there's a lot of question marks there in Dallas and, and like just for, just for assets, an asset standpoint is interesting. It feels like there's a lot of, I feel like in my mind, they have like 23 people on their roster. Right. You know? But I know they don't. But like in my mind, I'm just like, holy shit, you're on Dallas. Okay. She's on Dallas. Okay. Every, like, I don't know what it is, but like, it's just for the last couple of years, it's felt like that. I, don't I feel like that. And then when it comes to like the season, it feels like, well, why did they lose that one player? You know what I mean? Look, at, at a certain point, they're going to have to make moves. If I'm Greg Bibb, I am making moves that get me back in the draft for the next few years and you have the assets to do that because other people la maybe minnesota maybe atlanta heck maybe even chicago is well chicago can't give you trade at their draft assets but those are all teams and now given that we know that deladon might not be going back and cloud likely is not going back to 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 dc there's many teams that are in a position where they're going to want young players young players that they can give time to and see if they can grow. And Dallas happens to be a team that's full of those assets. Um, any final thoughts for this episode, Rachel? Oh, well, I know here in like four days, this is all going to seem very dated. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I also want to make note, like it's not that I, we are not, not going to break news. We did do the Clarendon news. If we get something and we're able to provide it, we will be the first ones to go do that. Just so you guys know, just, just to make it very clear. Um, I just can't give it the time that I used to give it. I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. I mean, if people want to like hit us up, be like, yo, can you, <laughs> out, can you put out this information? Yeah. We'll, you know, do our due diligence as we always do, but we're not going to like, we don't have time for that. I got one one on the way i got a job i got a whatever you know i got stuff going on um we got gus i got gus oh man this kid's ridiculous (laughs) i don't know Uh, i'm excited i'm excited to get back on here in you know a week a couple weeks talk about you know the 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 moves that have been made the changes that may that are you know these teams are making i i love when we're right at the brink of everything happening and then we can look back at it and give out the grades and kind of talk about Man, who 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 did who was shut out? Man, how off were we? We were really way off on that. I I do love analyzing that type of stuff. So it'll be fun to come back on here and talk about that. Oh, you know, well, Rachel, remind me real quick. I forgot because uh, it's been a while since we've done this. Who's your goat? <laughs> Tamika Catchings. <sighs> That's a good one.